The Pittsburgh Steelers continue their miraculous run to try and clinch a playoff spot. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers punched their ticket by winning the NFC South, and the New England Patriots will not go away. All that and more on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL. Your daily NFL podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another episode of the Locked On NFL Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day is Monday, so you have me, Kevin Ostreicher, one of the many NFL experts over here on our network. We're free and available on all podcasting platforms. That includes over on YouTube and, of course, we're anywhere you can find your podcast and audio form. We're free and available everywhere. And today's episode of Locked on NFL is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM managing your football franchise, this game is definitely for you. Now the game is visit ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise. We're using the promo code Locked On in all caps in the game. And we are back here. We're bringing you the biggest stories from week 17, especially on Sunday. And boy, was it a frantic and wild Sunday. It, it always is in the NFL. We're going to have some of the best game action here, breaking it down today. We're first going to start off, though, with the Pittsburgh Steelers, who have needed a lot. They've needed a lot to happen to go in their favor to even try to clinch a playoff berth here. And it just keeps going their way. They will not go away. We'll talk with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers about their big Week 17 win over the Baltimore Ravens. And in the second segment, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won over the Carolina Panthers to clinch the NFC South. Finally, so we'll talk with James Yarko of Locked On Buccaneers about that. Then finally, we'll have Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots as New England has worked their way into a win and in situation in Week 18. So without any further ado, let's dive into our first segment with Chris Carter of Locked On Steelers. The Pittsburgh Steelers are still alive and here to talk about it with me. Chris Carter, the host of Locked On Steelers. And Chris, I know just a couple of weeks ago, it was looking pretty bleak for Pittsburgh. They had to have a lot happen for them. And guess what? Oh, it is I... all It's all happened for them. And the Ravens lose to Pittsburgh 16-13. to 13. Pittsburgh, a huge, huge win for them. They had to have it. They have to have a couple more things happen. But Chris, let's start with this game for Pittsburgh is they were able to, one, run all over the Ravens, 198 yards on the ground against what was the third best rushing defense in the NFL coming into this game. You have the Pittsburgh defense coming up with some timely turnovers in terms of getting the Ravens off the field, and obviously that last interception to seal the game for them. How did Pittsburgh pull off this game? Uh, you know, I think it's a testament to the culture that Mike Tomlin's always built into the Pittsburgh Steelers. You know, they, they're, they're not perfect, but you see the fight. You see the willpower. You see Cam Hayward pushing guys. You see TJ Watt, you know, obviously still not at his at his best game right now, but finding a way to make plays. Guys stepping up. And listen, the Ravens came out and they punched the Steelers in the mouth a couple times in this game. This was not a game where the Steelers just dominated. You know, the Ravens came out, got a lead. They were able to run, run the football in this game. But the Steelers' defense stayed focused, regrouped in the second half, was able to, was able to try to limit things. You look at how the game progressed. After the touchdown they gave up at the end of the first half, they gave up a field goal on the first possession of the opening half, but three straight punts, two three and outs, uh, only one first down, and then the interception at the end of the game, giving Kenny Pickett and the offense chance after chance after chance to make something happen. What a way for that, for that defense to stand up. And then Kenny Pickett for a second week in a row, all of it on the line, 
final drive, need to have it with some pinpoint accuracy. The throw that he had over the middle to Steven Sims, I couldn't believe it when he threw it. I was like, that what? Like that was crazy for the rookie to do that. And then on the the, the last touchdown pass where he breaks free of breaks free of the, the scramble on the run, hits Najee Harris in the end zone, first rounder to first rounder. Uh you know, Mike Tomlin talked about last week how that touchdown drive against the Raiders was a grow-up drive. This was another grow-up drive. The Steelers aren't, you know, a contender for the big dogs in the NFL right now, but they are growing with these young guys and winning. And like you said, they're still in the playoffs. They got the Dolphins to lose this week. The Jets lost this week. Uh, so everything's falling into place next week. They just need to beat the Browns. They need the Patriots to lose to the Bills. And they need the Jets to beat the Dolphins. Those three things happen after all the things. There were like 20 different things that need to happen over the last three weeks. All those things have been happening. If these last three things happen, they're in the playoffs as the seventh seed. Nobody saw that coming when they were two and seven. It's it's unbelievable. And you talked about it a bit there, Chris, but with Kenny Pickett, I know there's been a lot of discourse this year throughout mm-hmm. Pittsburgh about whether he is the guy or not. How much of a chance to give Kenny Pickett in this offense with this team? What did he show you in this game, especially for the future? He showed his resilience in the moment, his ability to stay focused. But this is, I, I, I say all the time, I covered Kenny Pickett when he was at the University of Pittsburgh. This is who he's always been. When the highest of highs are the lowest of lows, he's right in the middle. He's not panicking. When the game's on the line, he's staying focused to what he has to do to execute the game plan that was given to him and his teammates. And that's what he did in this game. He could have, you know, you could have said, man, you could blame like, oh, you know what? The call against Cam Hayward was, was bogus. Or, oh, we should have been running more play action all game long. It could have been a lot of factors that were out of his control that he focused on, but he didn't. And Mike Tomlin even talked about this on the podium after the game. He's like, yeah, these are the things that we saw from him when we were at Pitt. And yes, we had an advantage because our training facilities are the same building. And literally, like when I'm done at covering Pitt, I just walk across the way, across the hallway, and I go cover the Steelers when I'm doing doing my work in the south side of Pittsburgh. But um, you know, the Steelers getting that advantage, they got to see those moments and talk and, and talk to the to Kenny Pickett's coaches and have those relationships. So they knew he was what kind of a leader he was. And yeah. Doesn't have the strongest arm, not the biggest guy, not the fastest runner, but he works and he studies. He, you know, the, the, there was the talk about how he has a nook in his locker where when everyone else is kind of finished at practice and kind of like winding down for the day, he'll pull, he'll pull a curtain in his locker and he's just studying film, minding his own business, just looking over every throw that he made or everything that, the, that his next opponent does. And you're seeing it come through in these big moments when he's not just scrambling around, just hoping for a prayer. He has a plan. And even when his first plan go, you know, goes away, he has backup plans. And this is, again, just a rookie quarterback in an offense that didn't have an identity coming coming into this year. Still a makeshift, makeshift off to offensive line, second-year running back, second-year tight end, rookie receiver in George Pickens, fourth-year receiver in Deontay Johnson, and they're still finding ways to win. And like you said, the run game coming alive the way it has. Najee Harris, 22 carries, 111 yards. Jalen Warren, the backup rookie, 12 carries, 76 yards. Spectacular stuff from the Steelers to find a way to win when everyone had buried them for dead just a few weeks ago. They, they are a resilient bunch. And obviously I think it goes back to Mike Tomlin, just the, the values and principles he's instilled in this team over the course of his very long, very successful career there in Pittsburgh. But Chris, I want to ask you, because I feel like I have to ask you the question now, since there is an actual real chance Pittsburgh does make the playoffs here, can they make a run if they do sneak in? 
I, I think the Steelers would need a lot of things to bounce their way if they were to make a run. I think there's a few teams in the playoffs that they could bang with. I, I think that if it, like they, they've already shown they can catch the Bengals and, 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 and beat them. You know, they, they beat them in the week one. They lost by seven the last time that, that, that they met um in you know in a, in a in a game like that but they've grown since since both of those games and i think you've seen progress there i, I think they could you know they could they obviously could beat the ravens because they just did uh, i think they could beat the chargers I, I think that if they were able to slow up the chiefs enough and their offense put up points on the board they could win i don't think that they can play the, the type of games that they played the last two weeks against the ravens and raiders and beat the chiefs i think that patrick Mahomes would eventually figure some things out but i do think if they were able to have a game where they put up 24 27 points against teams like that they have a defense that can slow you down long enough that if you run the clock the way that the Steelers and Ravens kind of ran the clock out fast in this game because this game ended a lot earlier than you know a lot of people figured it, it would just because there was so much running of the football but if you're able to do that I think you could catch a Chiefs team uh and, but I think that if they run up against the Bills they're gonna get slaughtered I, I think that that's just that, that that's, that's the one matchup that I don't think that they don't have a, a, a chance of winning unless the bills have an utter collapse. But, uh, but I think the, the, the bills, the chiefs, those are the two teams that you'd be most worried about. I think every other team, you know, they'd still need some things to go their way, but they could, they could hang with them. But I think if this Steelers team gets to the playoffs, I know some people are going to say, well, they still need to win a game in the playoffs or something like that. But this team was not supposed to be this year. People said top 10 pick top five pick. Now, if they're in the playoffs, all the growth that you're seeing from their young players, that's what you want to see. So I don't think a run's coming, but I wouldn't put it past them if that two seeds, the Bengals, if somehow, some way, they find a way to get one more win and get to the second round of the playoffs, and then they get knocked out. But this team is resilient. Like you said, the culture's there. They're finding ways to win. They're sticking to it. Um, and I think that's those are the big things that they wanted to instill into these the young guys that are building to be the next generation of leaders. You see how Cam Hayward carries the Steelers flag. They're hoping that Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, these guys can be the, the next era of that. And their hope is that you know with Andy Weidel, the guy that you know was had a large large credit of building what the Eagles did in the trenches over the past couple of years in their front office. They're hoping that he, now that he's with the Steelers, can do that for them. I see them drafting a lot of offensive linemen, defensive linemen, linebackers, physical people to play the brand of football the Steelers have been building towards and being even better at that at winning games like that next year. Yeah, and you know, for January, it all takes you one to know every week and you can make a run. Mm -hmm. And I know for Pittsburgh, they do have to one week win in week 18 and have some stuff happen for them. But even if it doesn't happen, I think you can credit this comeback and the resiliency of success for Pittsburgh throughout the course of this 2022 season. But for more on the Steelers and Chris's work, be sure to check out the Locked On Steelers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Chris, thanks so much. Pittsburgh, it was a huge win for him. Huge win over the Ravens. Now, the Ravens have to hope Cincinnati loses to Buffalo. But for Pittsburgh, while they still have to have a couple of things happen here, they, they've willed their way. Resilient football team over there in Pittsburgh. But coming up in our second segment, we'll talk about those Tampa Bay Buccaneers with James Yarko of Locked on Bucks. So be sure to stay tuned. Still a ton of live into here on Locked on NFL. But first, this episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. And I'm super excited to tell you about our new partner and our sponsor today's episode, the mobile game, Ultimate Football GM. And if you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL general manager or managing a football franchise, your dream can come true. And this game is definitely for you. You can manage every strategic aspect of your team, play through the season to lead your team to glory. You're responsible for things like hiring the right coaches and coordinators, trading players, making draft picks, and navigating your franchise through free agency in the draft and all the ups and downs. 
of a season. You have all this in a challenging, realistic game world. Doesn't have all GM is completely free and available offline. You can play on the go as you want and when you want to. And the locked on hosts are doing a little, little competition with each other. So you can do that with your friends or your family if you want to. Locked on NFL listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise when using promo code locked on in all caps in the game store. That's locked on in all caps. So make sure to check it out today. Not only game, this is at ultimate-gm.com or look it up on the app stores. That's ultimate-gm.com. Also, follow GM, start your dynasty today. We return here, our second segment of Locked On NFL. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still here with you. We're not going to be talking with James Yarko of Locked On Bucks. It's Tampa Bay, a team that has. Had many trials and tribulations this year. They clinched the NFC South with a big win over the Carolina Panthers. So we'll talk with James about that now. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they punched their ticket to the playoff race with a 30-24 win over the Carolina Panthers. Here to talk about that and more Buccaneers with me is James Yarko, one of the hosts over at Locked On Buccaneers. And James, this is a team in Tampa that obviously is going through a lot of ups and a lot of downs this year. And we'll talk about the playoff race in a couple of minutes. But let's start with this game first against Carolina. How were they able to pull this one out? Well, I, the, the biggest story in this one isn't winning back-to-back division titles for the first time since the inception of the NFC South. It's not about the Buccaneers fighting a way to get into the playoffs. The, the main story out of this one of how this job got done is the rejuvenation, the rebirth of the connection between Tom Brady and Mike Evans. It's something that has been missing all year long. And Mike Evans, who needed 83 yards to get to that 1,000-yard mark for an NFL record ninth consecutive season to start a career, he finished with 207, two yards shy of his career high that he set back as a rookie against the Cleveland Browns. Tom Brady, over 420 yards passing, three passing touchdowns, all to Mike Evans. He gets the hat trick. Plus, Brady has a rushing touchdown of his own, but that's a connection that hasn't been there all year long. They've tried to do it, but this offense has been so conservative running the ball, not taking those deep shots, lots of wide receiver screens to Chris Godwin and Julio Jones, lots of short crossing routes. When they open it up and they go deep, it seems like the timing has been off. Brady hasn't been accurate. And all of a sudden they found their rhythm in this game and and hats off to a beat up and and struggling offensive line who you've replaced the entire interior. You you're dealing with a third string guard. Donovan Smith is having one of his worst seasons because he's hurt. He's trying to overcompensate for the lack of Ali Marpet next to him, but they gave Brady enough time to sit back in that pocket. Let Mike and Mike Evans get open against a beat up Carolina Panthers secondary. And they have touchdown strikes of 63 yards or yeah, 63 yards, 57 yards and 30 yards. It was an absolutely incredible performance. And, and if this combination is going to get this hot, this is the perfect time for it to happen. Right. It felt like uh, a needed win for Tampa, obviously to win the division first of all, but just where you are right now in the season, we're getting up to playoff time and teams want to go in to the playoffs hot. They want to go in with momentum, with the connection. What does this win momentum wise do for them as they look to head into the playoffs here on, on a hot streak? Well, it's, it's huge just strictly because of that connection starting to get hot. And and I don't want to take anything away from Chris Godwin, who had a great game in his own right, nine targets, nine receptions, 120 yards. He's been Brady's go-to guy to keep the sticks moving, keep drives going. And, And now Chris Godwin has the longest active streak of games with five or more receptions. This, this was his 13th straight game and coming off that ACL tear, he has really started to step up. But you take a look at at the utilization in this game. 
of Mike Evans. You take a look at how Chris Godwin is being used. Russell Gage with some clutch, clutch receptions over the course of the last couple of weeks. A little Julio Jones sprinkled in as well. But what's going to change everything for this Buccaneers offense is the potential return of Ryan Jensen. And by the Buccaneers guaranteeing their spot in the playoffs, it almost almost guarantees that Ryan Jensen will return. And if he returns for that first week of the playoffs, it changes everything. It changes the running lanes. It changes the protection for Tom Brady. Do they keep Nick Leverett at the left guard spot or do they slide Robert Hainsey over to the position he played at Notre Dame when the Buccaneers drafted him? They are the ones that transitioned Robert Hainsey over to center put him back at his natural position. Now, all of a sudden, Tom Brady has even more time for these receivers to start to get open in these intermediate to deep routes. And you don't have to rely so much on the short, quick passing game because Brady's been under such duress all year long. This, this run game that they have by extension of the short passing game isn't working. Teams don't fear the Buccaneers run game. Ryan Jensen comes back lined up in between whether it's Nick Leverett and Shaq Mason or Robert Hainsey and Shaq Mason. All of a sudden, Leonard Fournette and Rashad White are both bigger parts of the offense. Running the ball opens up the play action threat where Tom Brady is the best in the NFL off of play action. And this offense turns into a vertical attack at just the right time. So the way they were able to get this one done was crucial in any potential success that they would have in the postseason. Right. And, and as I mentioned at the top of the segment, James, the Bucks have gone through a lot this season, injury-wise and a bunch of momentum swings, either positive or negative. But heading into the playoffs, that is now done. They've they've punched their ticket. But with this team, I'm going to ask you a simple question. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers contenders? I don't see why they're not. And the reason, there's a couple of reasons, honestly. First and foremost, it goes back to Ryan Jensen's return. If he returns like I said, everything, everything changes. The defense has been really solid pretty much all year long, and they're dealing with some crucial injuries in the secondary. You have Antoine Winfield Jr., Mike Ev or Mike Edwards, Jamel Dean, all playing with injuries. You had Carlton Davis miss this game, and he was lights out against the Cincinnati Bengals and the Arizona Cardinals. You have to get him back for a potential playoff run, but you have Vita Vea back now. You have Akeem Hicks, and when Vea and Hicks team up together, that rushing attack by the opposing team goes nowhere. You had Deontay Foreman and Chuba Hubbard combined for less than 50 rushing yards in this game, and that is Carolina's bread and butter. They impose their will against opposing defenses to run the ball, and they couldn't get it done because when Vea and Hicks are together, this Bucks defense is fantastic. You still have Levante, David, and Devin White as one of the best linebacker duos in football. You're going to get Carl Nassib back to compliment Joe Tryon, Shoyinka, and Anthony Nelson, who is playing out of his mind right now. So they have the defense to take them deep into the playoffs. It's been about the offense. Can the offense get going? And they started to show signs that they absolutely can get going, and it all it takes is the little flip of a switch. Right, and I'm super intrigued by the whole playoff matchup thing across both the AFC and the NFC. Now, Tampa Bay, for them, James, who are you looking at as your preferred playoff opponent for round one? I don't know if I really have a preferred opponent. Uh, you're, you're basically looking at two options, right, based off of what happens in Week 18. It's either going to be the Dallas Cowboys or it's going to be the Philadelphia Eagles. The Buccaneers are going to be the four seed. They're going to host the top wildcard team. Right now, signs point to that being the Dallas Cowboys, pending whether or not Jalen Hurts plays. And I do think 
that as far as a team versus team matchup perspective, the Cowboys are the better matchup for the Buccaneers. They beat them in week one, 19 to three. Again, it wasn't a great offensive performance, but it was a great defensive performance. They shut down Zeke. They shut down Tony Pollard. They were all over Dak Prescott all day long. So you get Carlton Davis back. All of a sudden, CeeDee Lamb probably isn't going to be the CeeDee Lamb that he's been all year because Carlton Davis has been such a shutdown guy. But do you really think Tom Brady is going to have his undefeated streak against the Dallas Cowboys end in a home playoff game? Probably not. It's, it's, it's not the best team that goes to the Super Bowl. It's not the best team that wins the Super Bowl. It's the team that's playing the best at the right time. Two years ago, that was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They weren't the best team in the NFC in 2020. They were just playing the best football at the time. Last year, you take a look at a Cincinnati Bengals team who gets into the playoffs at well, 10 and 7, and all of a sudden they catch absolute fire. I don't think the Bengals were better than the Bills or better than the Chiefs, but they beat the Chiefs to get to the Super Bowl and almost beat the Rams. So the Buccaneers playing this type of offense, getting back the rest of their starting defense, they can absolutely catch lightning in a bottle in a weak NFC and be able to make a run to the Super Bowl. And, you know, once the playoffs start, it really is a whole new season. Literally, anything can happen. Any team can make a run in Tampa Bay. They've checked off one box by punching their ticket to the dance, but now it's a matter of what they can do with that ticket moving forward. But, James, I appreciate you. Thanks so much for hopping on. For more on the Bucks and James' work, be sure to check out the Locked On Bucks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. James, thanks again. We'll see if Tom Brady can pull Another miraculous run out of thin air here. I know Tampa Bay has not looked like the juggernaut that they maybe did a couple years ago. But again, you get you go 1-0 in January every week, you win the Super Bowl. So we'll see what they can do come playoff time. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be diving into the New England Patriots with Mike DeBate, Tom Brady's former team. So be sure to stay tuned for that. We still have a ton to talk about on the show. But first, this episode is sponsored by Built Bar. And if you're looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories, then you have to try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know for me, one of my goals is to eat a little bit healthier this year. So if you're like me and you want to eat healthier but don't want to compromise taste, then these Built Bars, they are incredible. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. They're so delicious. You won't even think they're that good for you. It's the perfect thing for your New Year's resolution. And what makes these Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably flavored flavors like churro, yeah, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond, and so many more. So you can head over to your nearest Walmart today. You can walk over to the pharmacy section. You just grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of the cookies and cream, double chocolate, coconut puffs, so many more flavors where that come from. Even if you're close to a Sam's Club, you can run in and grab a 13-bar box with hip flavors such as brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later for all these. They are so good. Again, get your hands on some Built Bars. You will not regret it. We're back here, final segment of Locked On NFL for week 17. We're almost done with our regular season episodes here. We have one more week 18 recap, but Kevin Allstriker is still here with you. And thank you so much for tuning in, making us your first listen of the day on Locked On NFL. But be sure to check out Locked On Sports today for your second listen with Peter Bukowski, who does a phenomenal job breaking down the biggest stories all across the sports world, free and available wherever you get your podcast. But now we're going to be diving into the Patriots. Mike DeBate of Locked On Patriots will join us to talk about this New England team that, again, much like the Steelers, 
will not go away. And now they have themselves a winning in situation. So let's dive into that conversation. Well, the New England Patriots, they win next week and they are in after their big week 17 win over the Dolphins. Here to talk about New England with me is Mike DeBate, the host over at Locked on Patriots. And Mike, I'm telling you, this Patriots team, they just don't go away. And here they are now, an opportunity to get into the AFC playoff picture. Just one week to go here in week 18. But let's talk about this Dolphins game. How are they able to pull this one out? Defense. Uh, the New England Patriots forcing a turnover is their catalyst for victory. And Kyle Duggar once again finds himself in the middle of it. And that's not by happenstance. That is by design. Kyle is simply just one of the better defensive players that this team has on their roster. And just such an incredible football IQ. Things that we heard coming out of Lenore Ryan when he was drafted in Division II. A lot of people questioned that pick when it happened, but Bill Belichick and the Patriots defensive brain trust were very, very deliberate in that pick, and they knew they had someone that could come in and be an immediate contributor to this defense. You're seeing it. The way that he's able to read the uh, offenses, the way that he's able to always find a way in, be able to make the play and then be able to read the coverages that he's seeing while he's returning an interception for a touchdown. His third defensive score, that's the most by a Patriots player since 1970. Patriots now have seven defensive touchdowns. That ties a franchise record. It's the most since the Jacksonville Jaguars did it a few years ago. So New England is riding high right now because of their defense. And they got timely offensive plays when they needed to. There's still a lot of work to be done on that side of the ball, Kev. But ultimately, if they can keep chipping away and get offensive production when they need it, combined with the defense that is very opportunistic, this team is capable of playing with anybody. Right. And now they have the big week 18 matchup. You have Buffalo. It's a game that's going to be tough. I think a slugfest mm. for sure. AFC East divisional matchup. Does New England have what it takes to get the job done and get themselves into the playoffs? They do have what it takes to get the job done and to get themselves into the playoffs. Any given Sunday, a team can come in and they can give you a game. Not a lot of people thought that the Patriots would go up to Buffalo last season amidst very high wins, have your quarterback attempt only two to three passes, and still come away with the victory. They did that. Now, naturally, the Buffalo Bills had their number in the last two games these teams have played, really the last three games if you count the playoffs as well, which was an absolute domination from start to finish. It's not going to be an easy game. The only way the Patriots are able to maybe make a little headway or have an advantage is if Buffalo all of a sudden decides if they have the number one seed locked up that they want to rest some of their starters. But if that seed is in play, you know Buffalo is going to be going all to the wall on this. And if that is the case, they're going to give the New England Patriots everything they can handle. But I will say this about the Pats. They will not back down. They'll compete. A Bill Belichick team is not going to quit. I think they give the Buffalo Bills a game this weekend. Yeah, it, it wouldn't shock me whatsoever, especially with their season on the line in Week 18. But, Mike, let's say the Patriots do win that game. They get themselves into the playoffs. How big of a contender is this New England team? And what do you think they can do noise-wise come playoff time? Well, it's hard to think that they're going to be primed for a deep playoff run based on what we've seen on the offensive side of the ball. There's still a lot of issues that need to be worked out. And when you're talking about issues that need to be worked out this late in the season, it usually doesn't translate to much success. So I'm cautiously optimistic that the Patriots can at least give any of these teams a game. Like I said before, they can do it as long as their defense plays strong, as long as they make smart 
plays on special teams, which unfortunately hasn't been the Patriots' strong suit this year, really not the case under Bill Belichick for the most uh, of the, the dynasty years and even in the later years, but this year has been a real struggle on special teams, and of course they need to be opportunistic on offense and get the ball into the end zone. You can't settle for Nick Folk field goals if you're going to hope to be um, – Really, if you're going to hope to have any type of success in the playoffs, uh, they need to advance the ball in the red zone. They're doing better, but we need to see better in order for them to really advance. You know, it takes an effort to win playoff games. It also will take an effort to beat that Buffalo team in Week 18. But with Bill mm, Belichick, you always have a chance. So more on Mike's <laughs> work in the Patriots. Be sure to check out the Locked On Patriots podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Mike, I appreciate you. Thanks so much. The AFC is going to come down, I think, wild finishes all across the board, divisional races, these wild card races. It's, it's going to be a doozy. I'm looking forward to next week and what it has in store for us. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked On NFL. Thank you so much for tuning in. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be diving into more NFL content with your Tuesday host. So be sure to stay tuned for that, and we'll see you right back here tomorrow.